Regarding in progress. She loves to do that. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on Frightening Frauen. We have Lee and, Woo. oh, I'm still not used to this not being mirrored. Lee <laughs> and Ember today. Hello. Um, and we, I wanted Ember to come on. She was actually one of the first people I thought of when we started the podcast. So I was happy when she said she wanted to do it because she is the definition of a frightening frown. So <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm all blushing over here now. <laughs> Thank you, darling. Yes, of course. Your story is just so like it's very similar to my past stories and the healing process and going through like everything that you've been through and I just resonated a lot with your story and just seeing how strong you have be didn't have shouldn't have had to be but how strong you became through it and it just was huge and just seeing how hard you work and how much you've pushed through everything and it's just amazing so I'm excited for everyone to hear about your story and to not feel alone if they've been through similar things because you're incredible so. just try not to cry right now thank you so much i really cry. appreciate that right do it <laughs> for no, the I'm an ugly crier right yeah exactly i'm an ugly crier it's awful it's like the snot that it's awful we don't want to I see that. i'm an empathy crier so if you start then i'll start and i'm also an ugly crier so it's a whole thing i it's... i am too so we'll all start crying <laughs> and then the watchers will start crying it'll just be a yeah. thing that, yeah that's a therapeutic cry yeah exactly. we're exactly. here for that <laughs> but we we have to know first what your favorite dinosaur is oh my god i was waiting for you to ask me this okay <laughs> <laughs> because i actually have a tattoo of it yes oh my gosh that is adorable that's awesome so it's the unstoppable t-rex if you see he has like the little grabbers um <laughs> And then at the end of the Unstoppable, I actually have the semicolon. Yes. Oh, there's so much in there. Oh, all awesome. of my tattoos are so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, uh, the T, but it has to be the Unstoppable T-Rex. It's just not the T-Rex. It's the Unstoppable T-Rex. So because That's much awesome. like much of like you guys, um, I also have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Yes, yes, so, you do. <laughs> yeah, so I have Ehlers-Danlos, I have POTS, I have uh, gastroparesis. I'm also an epileptic because of it. I've got the chronic migraines, uh, cervical dystonia. And then um, because of my seizure medication, I am also now the proud owner of chronic pancreatitis for the rest of my life. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> So no, I, so that's, that was always my thing was with, because I have figured out a way through everything yes. but, um, in spite of my diagnoses and what my health has done to me and everything else. So I've pushed through, even though broken as fuck, I can say that, right? Yeah. yeah. You can yep. say whatever okay. you want. <laughs> yeah. Broken as fuck, but here we are. We're doing the best yep. we can. It's so, so yeah. So so T-Rex. I love it. And I, I got chills when you were talking about it because we were just talking with our last guest about using our tools. So we have to use our extra tools to be 
able to do the things other people do. And so we have, it may look different for us doing them, whether it's using a wheelchair or a walking aid or medication and all those things together help us to do what other people can do easily. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. And you know, it's amazing. Uh, people don't think of all of the little things like for instance, um, I'm in the forerunner community and mm-hmm. everybody is always upset when I can't go off road. Well, just the moving of the body, that's too much, you know, yep. that's way too much jolting. And they're like, Oh, it's not that bad. No, you don't understand just that rocking. So mm-hmm. it's even the little things in life. We have to like, I would have to completely brace up if mm-hmm. I were to go out. Um, yeah. and that's Lee, not worth it. Lee knows me. a lot about this. Yeah, I had to I I wanted to do dirt riding and I figured out very um, quickly just to stick to street bikes because uh yeah. <laughs> just like nothing like putting my neck out or throwing some ribs out just cuz I'm hitting some bumps and yeah. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. We with literally we have to think about how our body reacts to everything that we do in life. Everybody else mm-hmm. is like, "Oh, it's just a thing." And you're like, "No, we literally have to think about all of it." So yeah, yeah, it's fun. But yeah, <laughs> use, using those tools is very important, and finding the tools and being okay with using the tools because society put has so much stigma on yeah. all of the tools, right? So yes, when I was so for my birthday weekend, I went up to Minneapolis and I was in my wheelchair for part of it, and because uh, I was having a really bad POTS um, and my hips were not doing okay that weekend and the way people so they were fine when I went to an amusement park and stuff and I was on in the wheelchair but when I was downtown in Minneapolis people treated me like complete garbage for just having a wheelchair and I'm like yeah. they just assume yeah. like I don't know what the stigma is around using it because it just means I need to sit like <laughs> Right. Well, because people have a lot of theory that if you're in a wheelchair, then you better not be able to walk, which is not the case at all. And that's why people don't use them and end up hurting themselves more or fainting and having Mm -hmm. other issues or just not going anywhere because they're afraid of using a wheelchair because of how it'll look to other people. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Society doesn't see um, handicaps as a spectrum. They see it all or none. So either you're 100% wheelchair bound because your legs don't work correctly at all, like work at all, or you better be up walking. Yep. And I get like, I have um, my placard and for my chronic fatigue, because sometimes it's just, you know, I am lucky to make it to the car. And um, I haven't had anyone say anything. I have a friend who has a placard who who has Crohn's and he's gotten a lot of like harassment and stuff. But like, I'm waiting for it. You know, it's just I'm like every time I get out of the car, like mentally preparing, especially because I have a sports car. So, you know, there's like a secondary thing there. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) With your forerunner. Wait, oh, hold on. All right, first of all, I need to know what kind of car. I'm a car girl, so I need to know what kind of car you ha- you have. Uh, I have an MX-5. I have the hardtop uh, special very edition nice. one. Yeah, Very cute. Very cute. It okay. is very cute. Very cute. That's not yeah. the word I would use for it, but, you know. Adorable. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing cuts through corners like a hot knife, you know. It's cooler <laughs> than cute. <laughs> it's, cool. it's cool cute. Right? <laughs> She's cool, cool. Yeah, I'm I'm a rear wheel drive muscle car girl. So any other kind of car, like a variation, so I'm like, oh, it's cute. 
you know, because mm-hmm. when I think fast car, I think of choppy cans, brop, 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 met, you know, big old sounds. So yeah, when I think of cars like that, it it's cute. Yeah, so, I don't. Yeah, when I see fast. the big cars, they're just fast and straight lines, and I'm always like, I could beat them in the corners. Whatever. <gasps> right, exactly. Oh yeah, no, I'm I I that's 100. percent Yeah, no, you, you front wheel drives and all wheel drives are definitely. Oh, my car's my car's rear wheel drive is rear wheel drive, but yeah, that's is one of the thing. Rear wheel drive. Yeah, the Miatas are all all of them are rear wheel drive. They're drivers cars, so. I did not know that. Yeah. The other, like the MX3 is a front wheel drive car, MX5 also, but, and all the others, but the, the, um, the MX5 has always been rear wheel drive car. I did not know that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, all right. I was just schooled. Yeah. Like <laughs> I said, I'm definitely, you know, more of the bigger, like my dream car is a Holden Commodore, uh, the Chevy SS. So okay. it's, you know, big and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they they they're they're fun. I had a friend that had a Z06, like an O2, and mm-hmm. he would let me drive it as his designated driver, and uh, it was a lot of fun. And they they actually that those cars in particular handle really well for being big and beefy because you can take them to the autocross track and they like they rip it up. Oh, for sure, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just they not like a Miata though. No, they rip it up, but not like, yeah, totally yeah. different classes in that. But no, they're definitely fun to drive. Uh, I was privileged to be around a Chevy SS and I got to drive it quite often and it was cammed and everything. And yeah, I just love that feeling like with the big beefy cars when they um, when you hit the gas and it literally bites the pavement, you know, and you could feel it just for a second resist and then just go. It's such mm-hmm. a motorcycles do that too. And I love that, like that feeling. Mm-hmm. My forerunner, cause I have the V8 option forerunner, like the very few years that it was available. And it's the same thing because I feel the difference in other cars. You know, that's what I was telling my daughter is trying to teach her the differences when you feel it grab on the butt. It's the best. Yep. It's yeah. the best. Okay. I could talk cars all and day. I'm over all here. Right. Like <laughs> I just, I want a hearse. <laughs> that's valid too yeah (laughs) um actually i ran into somebody at the brewery that i was at a couple days ago and he's like my uncle owns a funeral home here and he has an extra hearse and he called his uncle and had him come down to talk to me (laughs) so he's actually going to be on the podcast on the two crows side and he's gonna we're gonna film at his funeral home and he's gonna tell some stories that have happened he believes in ghosts so he's going to tell some stories and he's going to let me take a look at that hearse while I'm there. <laughs> I feel like a hearse would be an awesome date car. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> I want to turn it into a camper. Sh- shagging wagon. <laughs> yeah, shagging. <laughs> Get in my double wide coffin in the back. And <laughs> I'm on in. <laughs> Yeah, I know cars. No, <laughs> I know that much. Love that for you. I have a bus. I know how to work on it. <laughs> that's badass, though. Like that is not, that's it's rare, especially now. Like it used to be, like mostly men could work on cars, but now even men don't work on cars. It's 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 becoming more and more rare for people to really understand their vehicles. And I had to learn uh-huh. everything on YouTube because I never had a dad that would teach me. So. <laughs> 
So I just like YouTube everything I'm doing with my Jeep too. I'm like underneath there on YouTube, like doing what it's like doing at the same time. Hey, no shame in that. There's absolutely yeah. no shame in that. No, that's how we learn, you know? Yep. Whatever tool gets, gets it done. I'm glad we have that tool. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. 100%. Could you imagine like those, those, do you remember like AutoZone? Yes. Back in the day? Yes. Do you I have like one. The- <laughs> I have- well, yeah. For your older vehicles, I can imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. I, but- I even have one for my 2004 Mercedes too, because I don't like, I don't want to pay to take that. <laughs> I don't blame me. That would be a pretty funny to have maintenance elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Although that's one of the things. Issue, and I have to probably sell it. <laughs> it's so rude. It's one of the things I gave up on my when my body started to poop out more and I have like nerve stuff in my neck and that goes down my arms as I used to do all my own maintenance on my vehicles and I, I can do some things, but I can't get underneath and do like the oil changes and stuff anymore. And it's such, I like, I literally miss it because I feel like it was a way to like bond and, you know, just retain like confidence in, in my vehicle, especially on a motorcycle where, you know, you're always doing inspections and have to rely on, Mm-hmm. two wheels right but now it's like i have to take it to shops and it's like a loss of a part of my identity that i had to start doing that plus like the stress of like trusting people so i literally stand there and make them show me everything and make sure that they understand that i know what they're doing and i understand it and they're not going to be charging me bullshit um, I relate so hard. I worked in the auto industry and I was shop managers and service manager all the way up until uh, 2019. I've worked in that industry. So same thing. I used to do all the work. I grew up working on cars with my my mom and dad. Um, but I can't even, um, I had the molding on the plastic of my forerunner pop off. So I got new clips and I put it back on. Yo, I couldn't hardly move my hands the next day. And that's just a simple pop those clips out. That's not a hard thing at all. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I, I can't do any of the maintenance and same thing I have because my, I've owned my forerunner since 2010. Um, I have a very (laughs) unhealthy relationship with that thing. We're just not going to talk about it. (laughs) Anyways. (laughs) So I, I'm the same way. I won't do it. But I also like I have subs and stuff in it. Like, so I always make sure and disconnect all that before I give it mm-hmm. to a shop because I don't need them testing that out if I'm not there. You know, yeah. Right. I trust. But also I've worked at shops, so I have reasons yeah. to not trust. Like yeah. I know all of the behind the scenes, yeah. mm-hmm. you know. That, that makes me like feel better because I used to back when I was younger, I had a really nice sound system in my car that was like, and I used to pop the fuse out before I, before I took it anywhere. Like, you know, like when I had to do suspension stuff that I couldn't do myself or whatever, it was like this, I don't want anyone else to use it kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because I, you know, I don't want anyone else, you know, overheating my, my amps or anything like that. I, they, I know the volume that's safe of that thing. They don't know what the volume's safe, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Yeah. I, I have too much time, money, energy invested in it. So yeah, I have two tens and 
some really nice ambage. So I have a little concert on wheels. She's my, nice. it's my getaway. Yeah. I used to like driving I, around, listen to Mozart and people would be like, oh. <laughs> oh no, I like, I dirty rap, a lot of dirty yeah. rap. Yeah. I, I, I listen to a lot of stuff, though. but I, I like, I had gotten it tuned. So it sounded really good with classical. And so sometimes it was just nice to be enveloped in the sound, you know, but oh, sometimes sure. it's just really nice to just have the bass, like just kick your ass. Oh yeah. Like, you know, I have to turn down the volume cause you can't see anything cause <laughs> you know your eyeballs are shaking yeah. you're like the street's moving yeah that's uh, that's when it's the base if i can't feel it i don't want it like yeah. so basically yeah. you, you no, have I, the cool the coolest forerunner i mean there's definitely way better builds out there but she's mine so yeah i think she's pretty dope well, but we'll yeah. say it's yours yours is the best yeah yours thank the coolest you one her name is lexi if you guys oh, want to know she's sexy lexi she's just sexy, as sexy lexi. as alexis okay. <laughs> honestly so. forerunners in my opinion are better than lexis's by far mm -hmm. but that's i for, i have like a thing with like like i used to have a toyota pickup truck like an 87 uh 22 re engine and blah blah, blah. and oh, but for yeah. if and i got that because i was doing track days but if i hadn't gotten that i would have gotten a forerunner like i just they're awesome oh i crave i will have a first gen forerunner i will someday that is on my bucket list of cars <laughs> we even talked about that that was on my that was on my my list tyler do you remember you yes, in your yep. stuff and i yep a first gen forerunner is yep. absolutely on my bucket list fucking top off look forerunner needs to get their shit together and come out out with a top off vehicle yeah literally yeah. They're could nice. you imagine they could dominate the Jeep industry? Like, because so many people have Jeeps simply mm -hmm. because they want the top off option. I would have a Jeep if they had better reliability and longevity. You know, I know the behind the scenes stuff. That's why, whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. My Jeep yeah. is shaking so bad right now. <laughs> oh, do you have a wa the wobble, the death it's wobble? It's so bad right now, too. And I fixed everything but one thing and i think that's what it is that has to be what it is so <laughs> you literally have to rebuild the entire front end every time it, that yep. happens yeah because yep. no. it could be one tiny little thing that's causing all of it it's, yeah it is one tiny thing and it if i would have known like you don't know until you get in there and you start working on everything because some of it you don't know even while you're working on it if that's what it is because unless you're driving it and looking at it at the same time, you don't know what it is that's loose or wobbling at all, or might have a small crack in it. And so I just replaced it all. Cause I'm like, I'd, I'd rather be safe. <laughs> yeah. I need to rebuild my entire front end. And mine is making so much noise right now. She's been neglected. Look, hmm. I've, life's hard. <laughs> life's Priorities. Hard. Yeah. Well, when Shannon came back around, you know, we'll get into that though. Mm -hmm. um, you know, his priorities definitely switched. So yeah, that's for sure. Which speaking of that, we can get into your story wherever you want to jump in at it. Oh and... my God. Yeah. <laughs> so I was actually thinking about this in the shower, right? Cause that's where we're, us ADHDers mm -hmm. get all of our best mm -hmm. thoughts. And um, so I was actually thinking that because I have such a vast touch in so many different aspects of like different people's traumas. Okay. So let's, let, I'm going to start from the way beginning. Okay. Mm -hmm. So first of all, my mom's a narcissist. 
Um, so I, I have that being raised by a narcissist thing. Um, then my mom and dad took care of foster kids while I was growing up. So I have that insider's view to that aspect of foster care. So the, the whole story of, you know, like these foster, these, these kids being taken from these homes, these abusive homes, just to be placed in other abusive homes that only have them for the aspect of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I have front row seat of that. You know what I mean? And, and when I, I look out into the world, I don't see a whole lot of people talking about that part. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of, of people that are, you know, saying that this is my, you know, I know that those kids were being abused while they were in my home because I was being abused too. Um, and I would love for, to hear more of that because that would also validate that the kids that were in the system, yes. um, you know, that they could be like, see, I told you so, you know, they were abusing me and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um I actually have, uh, she's told me that I, I can tell her stories or our story. So uh, a girl came into my house. Uh, she was a few years younger than me. Um, I want to say she came around when I was like, I don't know, 10, something like that. So she was like eight. Um, her and I, thick as thieves, when nobody else was around. Um, but in front of my mom and dad, I had to treat her bad. Because they treated her bad and I couldn't get along with her. So if I treated her good, then like I got treated worse. So it was this whole thing. So her and I talk about this conversation. I'm like, I didn't even realize that you realized that. And she's like, oh yeah. She's like, you know, when nobody else was around, she's like, you and I were BFFs. She was like, but you couldn't be that way around me. Um, yeah. My mom and dad, the, the, the kids, they were just, it was awful. Um, then I'm, I'm a teen mom. Um, mm-hmm. I found out on my sweet 16 that I was pregnant with my son. Um, <laughs> my mom and dad tried to force me to have an abortion. Not that I am against them, um, but unfortunately, I was assaulted when I was young. And that resulted in me being told that I was never going to be able to have kids. So when I first started having sex, here I am not thinking that doctors don't know what they're talking about. Um, So I told my boyfriend at the time, we don't need to use protection. I can't have kids. Well, a few weeks later, here we are. So, (laughs) you know, it's, we were both virgins, so I didn't see a reason. He didn't see a reason. I can't have kids. So we were fine. Well, you know, universe had other things. (laughs) So my mom and dad tried to force me to have an abortion. I called it Planned Parenthood. They said, I, you know, I said, do I need to do this? They said, absolutely not. It is your body. I said, cool. Hung up the phone, told my mom to fuck off. I'm not doing this few days later i you not my mom i come walking in from somewhere and my mom has these man and woman sitting in the living room and i'm like oh hey what's up and she's introducing me and she's like well these are going to be the mom and dad to your baby pardon me she's like yeah yeah uh so you know when when your baby's born they're just going to go ahead and take it no no they're not okay so they were making my life miserable. And I told them that if they didn't sign me off to get married, that I was going to continue. I was going to be 
proceeding with uh, CPS investigations because I had turned to them in numerous times. Mm -hmm. So I had dirt on them and they knew that I, I would talk, right? We all knew I had this in me at some point. I was just hushed for a long, long, long time. So they signed me to get married 10 days after my sweet 16. Uh, zero out of 10, do not recommend that experience. Um, we were just too young that he, he did have, uh, some very controlling tendencies, but we were very young. Um, I don't want to say that he was abusive, but I think it could have led that way. He was controlling. It was a thing. Like I was very young. I don't remember a whole lot. I just know that I was happy to be out of there. Like I just knew it wasn't the thing. So I ended up divorcing him, but I had to move back in with my mom and dad. We were married three and a half years. Back me up if I get off track. Cause I'm just trying to go through the story here. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we were married for like three, three and a half years. We divorced when I was like 19. Well, I ended up moving back in with my mom and dad. I was working at Walmart at the time. Zero 10, do not recommend that experience either. <laughs> um, and I was like, look, I could do this single mom thing, right? Because I was actually raised in the family. My mom and dad are still together. They still live in the same house that mm -hmm. I was raised in. Um, I very much had that experience of the very typical, you stick it out you, mm -hmm. you, you know what I mean? Divorce is not an option, blah, blah, blah. So were they religious as well? No. So my, well, ish. So my dad, mm -hmm. it was obvious that my dad didn't believe. And if you did bring it up, you're like, yeah, I don't believe in that shit, but he didn't like talk about not believing. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom was Roman Catholic. I was raised Roman Catholic. Um, my brothers went through, I believe both of my brothers went all the way through catechism and all of the baptism and everything. I know my oldest brother, the favorite one, you know, mm -hmm. that one, he went all the way through the program. Um, oh, back to him. He actually tried, he paid for, he tried to pay for me to have an abortion as well. Then got, married in, then got married in a Catholic church shortly after that. You know, <laughs> abortion's not okay unless, unless it, it, it fits your stigma, says, says the, uh, my brother and family. And Anyways. pretty much everyone I know that <laughs> in my family as well. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, where was I? Take me back. Uh, so you um, got divorced. Got divorced. Back in. Moved back in with my mom and dad. Thank you. Moved back in with my mom and dad. My dad's a raging drunk. Okay. Drunk, 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 all the time drunk. Um, I actually called him out on his drunkness and he tried to beat me up in front of my son. And that's what caused me to move out. Okay. So backtrack. I had moved in with my mom and dad. I quit Walmart. I started working with my mom at these apartments that she still manages <laughs> very, very racistly and homophobically and everything else. Anyways, um, she profiles all of the applicants 100%. Anyways, and then if she does let them in and then they mess her up, like, and they, they do something to go back on their word or 
bail on rent or anything like that. Oh, let me tell you the names that she calls them. If yeah, it's, it's whole thing. I've had to deconstruct so much racism out of my blood. It's been an entire journey. Um, so moved back in with my mom and dad shortly after that, while I was still working at Walmart, came back while I was still working at Walmart, this kid kept going through my line. I knew him from high school. Well, we ended up hanging out for a while. During that time, I quit Walmart, started working for my mom. I also went, here's a fun fact. I worked at a gentleman's club as a cocktail waitress for a I whole two and a half, for like a two whole two and a half weeks. I'm like, this shit's not it was, <laughs> No, it was terrible. It was in Pensacola, Florida. And it was, I didn't know what it was when I got hired. And I was going to be a cocktail waitress. That's all I knew. And it was called like Devious Angel or something. But that was not the name they gave me when I interviewed. When I showed up, it was a gentleman's club. Mm, mm. Oh yeah, no, I totally knew that that's what this was. Um, I, I walked in there. Well, because this girl that I worked with at Walmart, her and I both went and did it together. She was a single mom too. And we're like, Oh, why not? You know, it'll be mm-hmm. fun. We'll go get the tips. And, uh, t- two weeks, I lasted two weeks. Yeah. But I did get a $68 tip, um, because a dude wanted to touch my ankle. Oh, I was down for that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> all day, every day, touch my ankle. <laughs> yeah, 100%. So apparently I have amazing ankles, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. A knee. I would give a knee. Oh, that That's that's 120 at least. Right. About. Right. I was going to say. I know, right? <laughs> I would even, what, what, isn't this called like the weenus? The weenus. No, yeah. I would, I would let him touch my weenus. We- <laughs> The, the, the flap on the elbow just so everybody knows <laughs> that's an audio oh yeah name. audio sorry guys <laughs> we will allow you to touch our weenuses for 120 dollars <laughs> yeah exactly um so anyways uh that was fun so worked with my mom at the apartments i ended up oh this dude that i was it was a friend with benefits thing there for like a minute. Like we dated for a second that didn't work out, but I was 19. All right. We're just not going to judge. So I end up every time we would hang up. Can I remember this was like 2001, 2002. Mm-hmm. So we're going back in the day. Okay. So every time he would go over to his friend's house, he would hand the friend over the phone over to his friend. Well, the friend and I spoke numerous times, him and that friend ended up having a falling out. That friend reached out to me, something like that. That friend ended up being my now ex-husband. Oh, lovely. Um, so glad. <laughs> <laughs> in revenge, we were like, you know what? We should go out. Like not even on a date. It was literally supposed to be like a look like a date revenge thing. Okay. So, but he's a total love bomber. Mm-hmm. Oh girl. And I was 19. I went from, remember I, my mom and dad's to marriage, my mom and dad's like, I'm, I'm, I'm bouncing around from, you know, not good situations the entire time. So I get a man that shows me a little bit of attention. Let me tell you, he had me whooped. Okay. So but I always knew, like, I didn't ever find him attractive in the face until later. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it was 100% the way that he made me feel because I'm, I'm pansexual. So mm-hmm. it, it was the, the chemistry that he was there that made it seem like girl it was too good to be true like, so like I, demi demi as well yes oh 100 yeah. oh yeah 100 yeah like uh, yeah 100 percent um so after that okay so we ended up i picked him up from his mom dad's house because he didn't have a vehicle <laughs> I am hiding in embarrassment. Okay. So all of the red flags were here. I pick him up from his parents' house because he didn't have a vehicle. Um, I drove there. And while I was driving there, he was criticizing my driving. Uh, We go and walk around a baseball game. I don't even like baseball. Okay. I go sports. I hate sports. I'm just not. Okay. I hate it. I'm I'm with you there. Same. Same. (laughs) I'll, I'll go to an in-person game yes. for the experience. But yes. It's not about the game. I don't watch the game. I'm watching the people like the entire time. Like, hey, do you see? Hey, do you see? I ain't watching the game. And, you know, then when the, because I feed off the energy of the crowd and that part is fun. Yeah. You know, when your team's winning. Anyways, so we walk around there's fireworks after there we go to um this local place called saguaro national monument west and he says he goes there all the time probably takes all of the girls there that's probably what it was it was it was his take the girls to spot and it was a full moon and we sat out there and it was magical and then we went to his place after and we did nothing okay he knew what he was doing because I had talked because we had talked on the phone a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So I want to say we conversed on the phone for probably two months straight before we ever actually met. So he had already info grabbed a lot of information. Okay. So he knew what to say. He knew what to do. He knew that, you know, I had had bad sexual trauma in the past. So he knew to play that one. Super cool. Okay. So, um, he, (laughs) he had talked about, he was going to be a massage therapist and was going to go to school for it and wanted to know if I wanted a massage, but again, he was a gentleman. We did not do anything. Um, Left that morning and I was like, fuck, I'm going to marry him. Okay. Now let's not forget I'm fresh out of a divorce. So that scares Mm -hmm. the fuck out of me. Not only that, a lot of this feels too good to be true. I avoided him for a month, for a month. I avoided him 100%. He was gone. Like he would call me and I'd be too busy doing all the things. Well, then I started noticing that he was no longer chasing me. I had already had all of that love bombing and everything else. Okay. So I had had a little bit of a taste of that and I'm like, oh. What if I miss out on that? Okay. So around my birthday, I took and I contacted him and I let him take me out for my birthday from that night. I ended up staying the night with him again. And yes, bumping uglies happened. It was very ugly. Anyways. So we were inseparable from July on. Okay. I made him wait from July till September to meet my son. Um, in September, after he had met my son, I believe it was September, his grandma's birthday. I believe it was September. His grandma was having a birthday and I 
brought my son over, met the whole family. It was shortly after that, that I called my dad a drunk. And my dad came at me with, with fists. Okay. My dad's big. Okay. Big. Uh, looks like Hulk Hogan. Not even kidding. Mm-hmm. I can send you the picture to share if you want. Looks like Hulk Hogan. Okay. Big mf dude. He's like six one. shoulders that are I just big dude. And here I am. Right. I mean, I wasn't this skinny then. Anyways, he came at me but Cody was standing right in front of me. So I let my ex know what had happened and moved in with him right then and there. Okay. So this was like a desperation I needed out of there. Well, from then on, it was, um, we moved from yeah, he was living with his mom and dad still. So yes, I moved in with his mom and dad member. I, I, I had just turned 20. So moved in with his mom and dad. We moved out of there shortly after because I got a job um, at an apartment complex. So we got a discount, blah, 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 moved in there. Well, shortly after we moved in there, I found out I was pregnant and I was only going to get a um, two-week maternity leave. So that wasn't going to work. So we ended up moving in with my mom and dad during that time. Um, all of his masks had come off. Mm -hmm. Um, I caught him having an affair when I was eight months pregnant with, um, our daughter. Um, he had a terrible porn addiction. Like he was hiding behind my back. He was, you know, he never wanted to touch me. He just wanted the, the porn, blah, 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 blah. Um, and every single time that I would bring it up, it was my fault. He had the affair because we moved in with my mom and dad. It was my fault. He was reaching out. Like, so it was a very typical, it's always my fault that, that whatever it was that was wrong. So when I caught him in the affair, he says, the only way that we're going to be able to fix this is if we move out of here. I said, fine. So we move out of there. We rent a house um, because he was working for the railroad at this time. Which is Um, good money. It was decent money if he worked. (laughs) Right. Right. I I remember Um, who we're talking about now. (laughs) Yeah. Um, he, so there was like a quota for how many days you had to work and he only worked in that quota. So yeah. Um, it was the bare minimum. So we were still broke as fuck with the abilities to not be broke as fuck. So anyways, Mm -hmm. we move out, move into a house. He promises that, you know, the porn and the affairs and all of that's going to end. It did not. Um, but we were not married at that point. We end up getting married. So I had Madison, my middle daughter, um, in November of 2003, and we got married in March of 2004. Um, during all of this, I was still catching him with porn. Um, I was still catching him like having inappropriate work relationships all of the time. Um, but it was always the, the narcissistic, it was my fault. I'll do better. He'd, he'd cry. He'd feel bad. I'd feel it was the, it was the cycle. Right. Mm -hmm. So I lived that cycle with him for, um, we were together 16 years married for 13. Um, I have my 
my son and then we have two daughters together and then he also has a daughter from a prior relationship that's within a few months age of my son so to backtrack there um he always told me that she was a parental alienation case but that is not the situation at all so during my the, the divorce and everything, I end up having people come into my life that are, tell, that are like, all right, now I'm ready to tell you the story. Okay, people, if y'all know a story about someone, you should tell them. You should tell yes. them before yeah. they marry the person. You should tell them before they get into this relationship. Do not be like, okay, now that you've broke up, I can tell you this. If you're afraid of how they're going to receive that information, like I totally get that. Okay. But at the same time, that is on them on how mm -hmm. they receive that information. And the they'll know of later. They will know later because these people have a pattern. They're not breaking it. They're not getting help. It's going to happen again. It's not an if it's a when, oh. and if they don't accept it, they'll then come back to you later and be like, you were right. I should have listened to you. 100 percent and and like there was like his baby mama she did try coming to me and i did not listen okay i hear you now if you're listening um but her daughter ended up um coming into my life so i found out that um there's a story that he told me, but it was from a different perspective. Okay, so she lived in Wisconsin. He lived in Tucson. She came down from Wisconsin to visit. The room that they were staying in back at the mom and dad's house, it was like outside of the house. It was, it was an old carport that was closed in. So you had to walk from outside into the front door to get inside. Well, she went to go make a bottle and when she came back in she caught a pillow over the baby's head and he claims that he was playing peekaboo trying to get her not to cry she was one month old she was she was one month old she because she she was or very tiny like it was not peekaboo age stat okay he claims oh i didn't know what you do with the baby that why are you having kids anyways so there is that Fast forward, he, th there was other stories. He completely, he tried um, signing off rights several times because he didn't want to pay the $300 a month in child support. And I was always like, no, we're going to continue to pay this. That's one, the right thing to do. Not only that too, she's going to know one day, hey, he kept paying, right? <clears throat> we have to look towards the future. Well, it's not the now, kid's fault like that's the thing even if it was an alienation case mm -hmm. you would still want to take care of your child that's still your you child would... <laughs> still your child yeah um so anyways uh he was pissed because she had a new boyfriend so um he tried signing off rights never communicated with any time that there was a card sent i did it anytime that there was a gift sent I did it. Um, any relationship that there ever was between them was because I fostered it 100%. Okay. So when all of this happened, the daughter 
came into my life. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and she ended up telling me that uh, he essayed her when she was 15. So she came out to visit the first time ever. So he saw her when she was three and then not again until she was 15. So she came to the house over Christmas. She was supposed to stay with us for a month. Well, she woke up to his hand on her inner upper thigh and he was rubbing Mm -hmm. like the inside up towards the crease area. Um, He says that that's just how he wakes his kids up. Mm -hmm. Um, This was even submitted into court later because to go into the story further um, after I'm getting way ahead of myself. I need to back up because we haven't even talked about uh, like what has happened during the divorce. Okay. Um, We ended up, I'm going to completely stop where I was and go back. Hopefully everyone else can cut, can figure this out. My ADHD brain just did that thing. So in 2016, I caught him in his final affair. Uh, We had moved up to central Washington for his job. Um, When I caught him in the final affair, um, I needed to come back home. Where did I come back home to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so when I came back home um, in October of 2016, I originally had my daughters with me. Chaos happened up in Washington and him and his affair girlfriend decided that they wanted to be a happy little family. So he then wanted the kids back. So November of 2016, just a month later, he came down and he convinced the kids to go home with him. My middle daughter was telling me that if I didn't let her go, she was going to off herself. And we had already been having issues with mental health crises. I was not going to be the reason for that. Right. And not only that, I was not, I was not okay. I was not okay. Um, I was coming off a 16 year trauma bond. Um, All, you know, all of this. Okay. So there was a lot of layers. I lost my damn mind during this time. And honestly, it's not just 16 years because you also had it with your parents. Yes. So it's a whole lifetime of trauma bonds. (laughs) Oh yeah. Well then there's another one after it. So we'll get into that story (laughs) next. So, um, when he came down, he convinced the kids to leave and then he alienated my kids from me at that time. So, um, he convinced the kids that I was no longer wanting to be a mom. Um, I would rather go off and party. Um, I would rather go off and be, you know, a sleut and do all of the things, which yes, I was partying at the time, but no, I was not sluting it up. Even if I was, that's my prerogative exactly. if I wanted to, um, but I'm Demi. You can't salute if you're Demi. It's, no, right? It just <laughs> takes more than a night out. <laughs> I really want to. Like, I want to salute so hard, but I can't. Me too. So, I'm so, I actually, yeah, I have complained about it multiple times. Like, I hate, sometimes I just hate being Demi because I want to have fun like other people do. I want to see somebody and have my pants go bam, right? But no, instead, I need six fucking months of getting to know somebody. And then I'm like, wow, they have a nice face. I think I want to take their pants off. You know, like, 
<laughs> it's a slow progression from zero to a hundred, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it, yeah. I, I want, I want, I want a hoe face. I really, because now I, I haven't had sex in three years. I want a I hoe went, face so hard, but here we I are. I went 15 and then I settled I'm for sorry. someone that was so reserved that it was kind of not really sex. And not worth it for the yeah. <laughs> wait. So I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. So I really hope that you figure it out before that. <laughs> Don't be like me. <laughs> I might have a talk to my vagina later. We're going to yeah, get this shit it, figured it. out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, he steals the kids from me. He's up in Washington. In steps, dun, da, 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 the best friend. Okay. Mm-hmm. During my childhood, I've been a car girl my entire life. My first car was a 65 Mustang. Oh. And I know, right? <laughs> but it, okay, it was on rollers. Like it didn't run at all. The bottom was so rusted out that it was going to need to go on a rotisserie and get the entire bottom pan put back. Like it was not in good shape, but my oldest brother got a perfect condition. 68 Camaro. Of course. Golden child. <laughs> yeah. Well, the middle brother, um, he had, he bought himself a truck. See, he saw, but he saw into this bullshit, but he's still in the bullshit. Anyways, I love my middle brother and I miss him. Well, that's all other story. So I've always been a car girl. Okay. When I was in junior high, I still, the story is still correct, but junior high, one of my friends had an older brother and we're talking nineties people. He had that long blonde skater boy hair that flowed. Okay. He was a car guy. He was into graffiti. He was into hip hop. We were like the same fucking people. Okay. But he was, I, I was the little sister's friend. He was not interested. I was in junior high. He was in high school. It was a whole thing. Okay. But then I get into high school and then he sees me in a whole other view. Okay. But I always had like a, a boyfriend. So nothing ever like we always had like this unspoken crush. Like you, you just felt it. Okay. I end up getting pregnant, leaving high school. I'm a high school dropout, uh, left him or left all that whole situation. Facebook comes around. I end up finding him back on Facebook. So him and I have this whole gap. Well, when Facebook came around, I was with my ex-husband. But him and I connected back on the car level. My ex-husband actually used to, he hated all car things. So he would actually pawn me off to my my best friend at the time. And he would be like, well, go do the thing. Um, we're going to call him Scott. Okay, so best okay. friend is Scott. Um, and ex-husband can be... Uh, no, that's going to get confusing. Do Francis. Francis yeah. is good. Yeah, it's because then I know how to associate them in my head. Okay, so Francis would be like, go do the things with Scott. And I'd be like, okay, fine. So we'd go to the races, we'd go to car shows, we'd go to base meets. Okay, we were all the car things and mutual friend and uh, music buddies. Okay, because my ex hated everything hip hop, bass. He hated my system in my car, everything. Okay, so when I came back home, the best friend was like, here I am. Okay. <laughs> so he started actually grooming me way back when. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
I look back at the situation and I can tell you now he started grooming me from the time that we met each other again on Facebook. Um, I always had issues with my ex with, with Francis. Um, I would say things like, Oh, you know, birthday passed again, didn't get shit. And Scott would be like, Oh man, that really sucks. If you, you know, I, I, always Mm -hmm. do this for my girlfriends and for my girlfriends, I buy them, you know, these things and I do these things and we always do these things. Okay. So I'm doing like these little, you know, check marks in the back that you don't realize you're doing, but you're doing, you know? So when I told him, cause I came down in March of 2017, right before I ended up moving of 2016 right before I ended up moving home because my dad had knee replacement surgery and I was hanging out with him while I was here so uh there was one night that we were hanging out and I told him I said look homie you know I think that Francis is having an affair um and he played me this song and he and it was just like a slide it right in there but it was like about this this high school romance and now they're together and everything's perfect and I didn't realize it at the time but looking back it was him like easy like plant little seeds right so when I came back I had all of these little check marks okay I used to talk about Francis not being like him him having a, a porn addiction and you know he knew about the the affairs and stuff like that um he knew that he would turn me down all the time for sex because he'd rather porn so he would make comments when he had a girlfriend he'd be like ah oh, me and my girlfriends, you know, we're always doing this stuff. We're always sexual. We're always this. We're always that. Mm-hmm. So I'm going, okay, he's sexual. I'm sexual. This is part of my, my criteria is now. He was not at all. Um, he was not at all. Uh, it was all lies. So we, he, he captured me enough. He would breadcrumb me. Mm-hmm. Um, so he would keep me around enough so that I wouldn't move on. And if I did start moving on, he would reel me right back in. So I started feeling and seeing the differences in him. Um, we started dating, I want to say October of 2000 and nope, September of 2018. Yes, September of 2018-ish, we started dating. And during that time, he wouldn't tell anybody that I was his girlfriend or that we were dating until like March. Um, but he he wanted all of the girlfriend benefits. So I would be like, look, if I can't have it all, I'm not giving all. And he'd be like, okay, fine, I'll give you all. Then he'd give me a title, but then he would pull back on um like sex and stuff like that um i have actually figured out that along with his narcissistic using sex and holding it like withholding it because that's that's a sexual trauma all on its own that people don't talk about um that sexual withholding when it's intentional and it's not a I'm not feeling this like it's not about you it is it is a form of neglect and manipulation 100 yeah when when he knew that I required it but he knew that he could not provide it 
and that's when it becomes an abuse cycle because he knew that he was never going to be fulfilling. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, he, (laughs) I figured out through all of this and his behaviors and everything else, I thought for a while he was a he was asexual. Mm-hmm. Okay. 100% fine with that. If that is the situation, just be upfront, and honest and find partners that align with that as well. Okay. Mm-hmm. I always thought that's what it was. <clears throat> Excuse me until I had an eye opener. No, he has severe religious trauma with a breeding king. Okay. Um, <clears throat> the only time that he would ever want to have sex is if we talked about having a baby. Now I had a partial hysterectomy years ago. He would literally get mad at me that I could not provide him a child. You gave that assholes babies. Okay. Went through the whole cycle with him. Uh, We were together three years total, I ended up having a complete mental crisis. I ended up putting myself in a uh, mental hospital here in Tucson. I ain't even afraid to say it. Uh, Palaverde saved my fucking life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I put myself in there over mother's day of 2018, uh, 19, um, because I, I didn't have my kids. Um, Remember, I, I lost my kids in November of 2016. Which I um, will say that that, because I, I, I've talked about it on here too. I've checked myself in three times in my life. And Mother's Day is one of the number one days that they're full. Yep. Yep. 100%. I can see that. I always get really depressed around Mother's Day. So, I mean, there's so many uh, mom traumas. You know, you have the the moms of your you own know, the, or of, yourself. Of, yeah. Or, you know, you're, you, death or alienation or you've lost your own mom or your own mom is an abuser and and, you know you're still dealing with that oh there's so many layers of it Mm -hmm. so many (laughs) i i I have all of them but one i just haven't lost a baby um thank the stars on that one um so So you check, check, yeah. check, check myself into Palo Verde. When I came out of Palo Verde at this time, I was a transmission shop manager and I was a waitress three nights a week at a little restaurant here in town serving food, uh, Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. That was literally just pocket money because my transmission job paid all of my bills. The other job was just blow money. Okay. I was doing fine. He convinces me move in with me because I wanted to put myself into this intensive therapy program. He says, move in with me and I will take care of us. You take care of you. Which would be lovely if that was the case. (laughs) Which would be lovely (laughs) if that was the case. So I gave my entire apartment away to um, a woman's shelter so that some woman could have basically a fresh start. Um, It was my fresh start out because that was everything that I had gathered from my divorce over the the few years. um, And it was enough to get somebody else on their feet. So I donated everything except for my favorite like kitchen things in my bed because I had a a good bed, like a few separate things. Mm -hmm. Moved in with him. 
financial abuse starts. So I was never allowed to have money. I couldn't even have $5 at a time. Um, if I needed toiletries or anything like that, he would take me to buy them or he would give me the money and then I would have to give him the money back. Um, he with only the put receipt, I'm sure with the receipt. Yes, exactly. Um, I was, he only put $20 worth of gas in my car at a time. Uh, so that he could keep track of my mileage and how far I was going because he had calculated how much I would need a week to get back and forth to therapy. Um, I was required to keep the house clean and cook the dinners. Um, he would take me shopping um, and then walk you know, behind me the whole time, mumbling, grumbling. And then when we purchased the groceries, I got shamed for how much I was spending. So... Um, this was before I had pancreatitis, so I could eat more, but I couldn't eat everything because I still have gastroparesis. So I still mm -hmm. had a pretty limited diet. Um, my body was under a lot of stress, so it was acting up at the time. Because of the financial abuse, I got down to like 102 pounds. I'm currently like 119. Mm -hmm. um, I was, my, 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 my uh, breastbones were sticking out like you could see each individual. It was awful. Um, I ended up breaking. He he proposed. He proposed. Uh, he put like a fourteen thousand dollar ring on my finger. But the reason why he put the fourteen thousand dollar ring on my finger was, and he told me this was because he had to look good for everybody else. Mm -hmm. It's not because I deserved it. It's not because he thought it would look pretty on my hand. No, it was one hundred percent because he had to look good for everyone else, and it had to be big enough so everyone could see I was taken. But how dare was, you spend fifty dollars on groceries? <laughs> literally, literally, yeah. Uh, there's oh um he's the one that had the chevy ss that i loved okay and we had talked about getting me one girl i couldn't even have a brand new chevy ss like i couldn't have one he wanted to get one that like needed to be rebuilt and like a new engine and shit and he's like but it's a project and i'm like no i'm just not worth a, a good one like what the fuck because <laughs> right you bought a good one for yourself and then added your mods to it why can't we buy a good one for me and add mods to it like Anyways, Chevy SS never happened. It was one of those uh, love bomby things. Mm -hmm. So we had gotten in a fight. So he would, you know, let's talk about buying you a cool car or upgrading my stereo system or something like that. So that was always his favorite thing to do. Oh, girl, I have, we, we put molding so many times for like new audio systems and everything. So that was his favorite thing to do was to love bomb me with vehicle stuff. Um, yeah, so I ended up, the, let's talk about getting out of abuse when you are in financial abuse. Yes. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. The only reason why, because remember, I had quit all my jobs. I had no money, blah, 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 blah. Um, I couldn't you know, even have gas money to do above and beyond what I was in his spectrum of allowed to do. Um, the way I started my cleaning business. So one of his friends, um, knew that I could never have money because I had confided in them and told them what was going on. This is one of my favorite stories. Okay. This, this story just lines everything. So they contacted me because, uh, her grandma was in her last days in hospice. They were doing in home, in home hospice. Uh, she had had Alzheimer's and the 
her mom took care of the grandma the entire that's aggressive <laughs> the entire time so everyone's exhausted okay so she had to go back to work but they needed someone to come and just literally put the morphine in grandma's mouth and let us know if she dies like there was nothing else that could happen blah 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 i had never met this lady but they she knew that I, i'm a pretty compassionate person right so she's like i'll pay you you know this is what we would pay a nurse but we don't have the time to go through all of this so we'll just pay you so they were paying me i don't know 10 12 bucks something an hour to sit there so i did it for first day and i felt guilty because literally all i had to do was put some drops in her mouth and kind of move her around every few hours and i felt guilty taking the money for that so i i knew that there was going to be a funeral soon so while i was there um i i wrote my friend and i was like hey uh would your mom find it offensive like if i cleaned she'd been taking care of her mom and they had a timer. she didn't have time to dust the knickknacks mm -hmm. and do stuff like that right so i'm seeing all of this and i'm like you know would your mom be offended? And she's like, absolutely no. And I was like, okay, perfect. So the next day when I went to work, I took and I cleaned the entire house. Okay, funeral ready. It was gorgeous. I get done a little bit, uh, like an hour before they were due to get home. I got myself a bowl of frosted mini wheats and I went in and I sat down with grandma. I never met grandma. Okay. Never knew her in real life. The only person that I really knew was my friend. Mm -hmm. So... I go in, I sit down with grandma and I'm telling her, you know, Hey, um, I, I heard your ornery. Uh, so my papa, which is like the men of all men, um, he's ornery too. So when you get to wherever you're going, if you happen to find this dude, uh, do me a favor and give him a high five and a hug. And she goes, and she died. Okay. Gone. God. Okay. <laughs> I still get chills over it because I cannot explain to you the feeling in that room that very moment. I swear that my papa was like, you're going to be okay, kid. Um, because after I left that house, I got phone call after phone call after phone call. Can you do to my house what you did to my mom's house? Mm. Can you do to my house what you did to their house? Um, and that is where Little Red the Cleaning Fairy, my cleaning business, was started. Um, and the only reason why I was able to get out was between a collection of that and uh, the uh, stimulus checks from mm. COVID. Uh, if it wasn't for those stimulus checks, I don't know. I, it would have taken me a whole lot longer to get out because first month's rent, but all of the deposits, yeah, yeah. all of the things, it, it's expensive. It's uh, so expensive. Especially for this day and age. Like rent has gone up so much since I even had to go through all of this. Like, and groceries uh, and utilities, everything has gone up. Everything, 100% everything. Um, if I, I was this close to happen to be in my car mm -hmm. um and there's so many that have to make that sacrifice That's and it, it yeah it i and it's people don't think like they're just like why don't you leave why don't you leave why don't you leave how and how do i safely leave so that i'm somewhere that he can't find me and he can't easily get to me because if mm -hmm. i'm in my car 
he may have put an air tag on there. He may know where my car is. He may be able to find me. Like exactly. you have to have a plan, an actual exit plan and people. Yeah. And I did it. Has that. I did it yeah. alone. It took me, it took me a year of trying to get away before I finally did. It kind of didn't work initially um, because even though I, I got the landlord at the place I was moving into to say that only me and my son could be there. Uh, the abuser was was not listening to it and was still trying to like move his stuff in there. Um, and then we had a big enough fight that he got mad to stay at his parents. And then I went and hid at somebody else's house for like three weeks until he got to that point of deciding that he wasn't going to try to get me back and I was now a bad person. And um, yeah, but it it was like, because he used up like my money and it was so hard mm -hmm. to get away and nobody took it seriously. I kept being like, this is happening to me and I need help, you know, and I just had to figure it out on my own. And I literally got out of that situation and a month later got laid off my job. So I didn't even get a chance to like save up. It was like, it was awful. So, and then I was unhoused at that point because I had to couch surf and stuff for quite a while. Yeah. Well, I'm very proud of you guys. So Ember, how did you, for the people listening, how did you keep your money separate so that you could use it? I hit it. Um, so he didn't know how much I was making. Um, because by this point, um, I had already told him that it was done and I moved into a separate room in the house. Um, that was a horrid experience. Any hoozle. Um, so I, I would, I would hide it because he had access to all my bank accounts. He had access to absolutely everything. So I was storing cash. Um, I had like hiding spots in my forerunner that I had found that I could put money in. So yeah, it was 100% you have to be creative. It's really hard. You have to be creative. When so you were, you went through, when you moved in with him, you were, you went in to do like, um, intensive therapy mm -hmm. and, and so you were going through like the abuse stuff, but then also doing the therapy at the same time. And did you just not mention what was happening to you, to them or. Yeah. So the intensive therapy was three days a week, three hours at a time. And it was a group setting. And, um, there was a lot of people that were like, uh, that's not normal, but because I was still remember I, he was my friend before we ever dated. So I didn't only have, uh, the intimate trauma bond with him. I also had the best friend trauma bond. Um, and people don't talk about when it's like that grooming from best friend, like the extra layers that, that are associated with that. Um, yeah, I forgot what, I forgot the question was. No, 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 that's, I think yeah, you, basically, you basically you did answer. Okay. It. <laughs> okay. Good. Yeah. I'm like, I feel, I feel like I just went on a tangent. At the so end you there. did, you did talk about it, but you also made excuses for it at the same time. Exactly. Oh yeah. Um, or, or be like, oh, we talked about it. No, it's okay now because, uh, the intensive therapy is normally like a nine to 12 week pro thing. Mm -hmm. You guys, I was there for months. I was there for like nine months. Um, because 
I didn't want it to end because I was getting so much out of it. And I have to say that that was literally like the kick in the ass for me that got me going. Um, because not only did I have, I've, I've had my own therapist and the group therapy and a psychiatrist all at that time. Um, so I was hitting it at, at all angles. Um, so yeah, they were pointing it out. I was making excuses, but knowing in my gut mm -hmm. that it needed to change because it just happening over and over. But here's the thing was I finally escaped. Okay. So I finally get out in May, um, of two th of 2020. So right after COVID hit, um, I got into my apartment shortly after like a small no contact he ended up schmoozing his way right back in um so we dated for a short time there then i went no contact again for a year after that come to find out he was watching me on my tiktok account um he saw that I was having a really bad flare with my pancreatitis, which they love to use those weak moments, mm -hmm. right? So he sent me a text. And he's like, the universe said I should check on you. And at that time, I needed a ride to the hospital. Um, so he did. He came, picked me up, and he took me to the hospital. Um, I ended up needing fucking two banana bags of fluids, and I was oh. in, going into sepsis. Like, it was bad okay so yeah thankfully he came along when he did but at the same time um so he came around for that schmoozed his way right back in so he would always preface this with like you know I don't want anything sexual out of you I, I just want to be your friend and the next thing you know there we are just for a week later for him to be withholding and holding it against you again mm -hmm. um because his favorite thing to do was to guilt and shame me. And I still suffer with this now. I'm still trying to work through my my own guilt and shame. Um, because any comfortability that I showed in my body was not okay to him. I used to love being naked. Okay, I would clean my entire apartment naked so that when I said all the laundry was done, all the fucking laundry was done, right? Like there was nothing left. And he would text me and be like, what are you doing? Clean my apartment naked. Oh, you really need to put clothes on. That's so gross. You're so perverted. Anytime that like, I would be in my own place naked. Like, and it was gross. It was wrong. It was perverted. Um, his withholding got so bad that when I worked at that little restaurant that I told you about, I was actually making bets with the other staff there that he would turn me down. Okay. So they would come up with a scenario. Okay. So let's picture it. Okay. So they would say, okay, you need uh, like a stripper outfit. So I went to my local sex shop, bought a little stripper, get up, got a black light, put a chair in the middle of my room, did a little dancey poo on it, sent him pictures, sent him videos, invited him over. He lived one mile away from my house one mile okay so this is what we do so thursday we would come up with the plan friday would send him pictures hoping to get him to stay the night either friday night or saturday night he would turn me down 100 of the time so i was literally making money off of his turndowns which was also probably partially a defense mechanism as well for you I didn't realize it at yeah. the time, but I was, but I was totally trying to justify it, making a game out of it. Mm -hmm. And then that's at the time when I was thinking that he was just Demi and like, no, we just, you know, we're just on different levels. No, it's because if I wasn't giving him a baby, he didn't want to have sex. 
Mm -hmm. Um, And then this is my mathematical equations. Okay. Now knowing what I know about this man. Okay. He has no kids. Um, He, he was, he's been a cheerleading coach. And he is that type of guy that says things like how awesome it is that he has all of this extra respect from the parents of the kids that he gets to hang out with them, uh, whether or not at, uh, you know, he gets to have phone numbers and things like that. Now, knowing what I know, he was 100% a groomer. Okay. Because mm-hmm. on top of all of this, he why he was obsessed with having a redheaded baby. So I'm not the only one because I'm a natural redhead on that, that anyways, he only ever dated redheads mm-hmm. because he was obsessed with having a redheaded daughter. Uh, someone's <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have a train going by. That's me. <laughs> so the girl that he dated before me, Juan, she was only 21. We were in like our late 30s early 40s when they dated okay was she one of his cheerleading students beforehand no okay no but he did no but he did find her in the car community he likes to use girls in the car community because there's there's another woman that anyways so she told me they only dated for like three months she could have kids okay Mm -hmm. She told me that she was having to hide her birth control and take it behind his back because he wanted to get her pregnant within the first month of them meeting. Um, He told me, like, he never told me how, like, he was very private about Mm -hmm. what he told me, but he would give me just enough. Like, he told me that there was this new girl that he was dating and made it seem like it had been for a while. Well, his a while was only three months total. So during that time, he was trying to trap her down by getting her pregnant. Um, He was stalking her. Like, there was this entire, like, he tried getting her fired from her job. Like, it was this entire thing. So now that I know all of the little tidbits and the fact that he was trying to groom up. Okay, so I'm a published model. He dabbles in photography. Mm -hmm. When I first came home, I was not dating. He was in the process of trying to groom this other redheaded model. Um, he was putting her pictures as the screensaver on his phone. Okay. Tyler, you take pictures of people. Tell me yeah. how many times you've used other humans uh, that are not related to you as your screensavers. I have Lee. As- <laughs> what? Okay. But, but it's like your it's like your friend, right? <laughs> no, I ac- I accidentally did it when she sent me that picture. I and forgot then I about never that. Changed. that is I totally forgot about that. That is hilarious. Okay, but, but no, from a never, never, never. And no. also coming from a model standpoint, would you feel comfortable having your you being some brand of photographer screensaver? Okay, I have no way. So picky about my photographers after one bad experience, and I it will, I would not put it past that photographer to have backgrounds of girls that did not give consent on their. But I am so picky about photographers that I use. Yeah. So. 
I caught that. I also, she's a uh, boudoir nude model a lot. Okay. Mm -hmm. I caught, he had screenshots saved off of her Instagram. He was saving the screenshots. Okay. So I saw these things. Did did he take the photos of her? Oh, no. Even, oh God. He He said that it was for concepts. Okay. But it was always of her. Okay. So. I, I, I see all of these things. Okay. Mm-hmm. I see how he groomed me. Okay. So I'm putting all this shit together after we broke up. Okay. So putting all this together, uh, he couldn't nail her. He couldn't get her to date him because he's not an attractive human. I'm just Demi. Yeah. Being Demi. I, yeah. Yeah. Like I beauty and the beast right like literally i could fall for a beast if they're the right human a a fucking two can be a 10 if they're the right person so not that we go on on scales but just no but i feel like they do it on purpose though because they're like i can get someone who's demi because i can make myself what they want and make myself attractive to them and then they go back to being themselves and then they breadcrumb that little bits of those things whenever they think you're gonna leave exactly that's exactly yeah, that's exactly so i actually reached out to that model twice and i tried telling her because like he still follows her they're still social media friends when him and i broke up he drove to california to go do a photo shoot the next day okay tell me that lining up right mm-hmm. we we know how they work so i was no longer an option so he's gonna go back to someone that he saw as a possible because she's a she's had a lot of trauma and she um seems easy to manipulate because of that um i don't think that she had arrived into her bad bitch era yet um i think that she was still in the beginning phases of still attracting that behavior you know what i mean mm-hmm. you, you you hit that bad bitch era and like you you stop being okay with those type of people following and in, in following you anyways so i had all of these other models being like you're lying and i'm like girl i have receipts <laughs> i have receipts and here's the thing because i even had conversations in dm that i had sent to him because i would see him hurting her things i was not allowed to do any type of lingerie shoots okay i have this one shoot where i'm in like this bra but i'm wearing this like white shirt over but it's like all black background so you see no body except for sometimes a little bit of a a lace bra he tried to forbid me from putting that photo shoot out because you could see my bra okay but here he is liking and hearting and commenting on on these nude things okay but i'm forbid from it okay but he shot those shots as well so he was mm-hmm. allowed to shoot them. I wasn't allowed to do it because here's the thing. He would say, I don't want no photographer having pictures of you. Because he knows what he does with them. You know, exactly. Exactly. I, yeah. I saw his I saw his photo folders. I know what he has. I know he has pictures that they probably shouldn't have been kept. You know what That's I mean? That's for work. That's for work. It's professional at that point, but other professionals can't do it. Just you, homie. Just you. I so, yeah. only, so I do boudoir shoots for other people. And mm-hmm. I only keep them until I know that they have them. They have them backed up. 
and then I get rid of them unless there's a couple that they've released for me to be able to use for advertisements. Right, exactly. But you only keep like your good edited yeah, ones. You yeah. don't keep you don't keep the entire oh no, he kept the entire all of them. No, all my unedited ones go away first and then I keep the edited ones that they paid for for a while mm-hmm. and then after about 6 months after they paid for them, I get rid of those too because I don't need the space on <laughs> taken up. It's a lot of space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh yeah so he not only groomed me I caught him in the process of trying to groom others and it that one's just a hot goddamn mess but so going back to what you said because I have a similar experience of a partner of mine going behind my back and talking to other people and um, cheating on me and they would say the thing, all the things that I begged them to say to me. And it was, they were giving the other people all the attention that I was not getting. And then when I asked, and this was on camera, when I asked what, like why they wouldn't do that for me, like what the most painful part is that you're doing exactly what I begged you for. They said, because I'm afraid you would cheat on me if I told you those things and built your confidence up. Well, they're cheating on me. <laughs> Never mind the fact that pri- one of the primary sources of cheating is when people's needs aren't met. Like, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. No. No. Now I want to. Now I want to be completely honest. Okay, I'm going to come 100 percent open on this. Okay. Now I I didn't cheat on my ex husband. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always faithful with him. Um, but there was absolutely a gray area of cheating uh, with Scott. Um, and what had happened was he, we broke up. I started talking to somebody else. He came back into the picture and then he was like breadcrumbing me along. Well, I had this other person that was, I was really in like, they're my one that got away 100%. Mm-hmm. Like if you believe in that shit, I do. Oh, uh, I do. We're, we're still social media friends and I, they're, they're in a relationship now and my soul is really happy for them. But at the same time, like, <laughs> I chose wrong anyways. So, um, you guys, while I was in the hospital, because when I, I admitted myself, okay. I locked my phone. He knew what the password was. There's no reason. The only reason why I have a password on there is because there's shit on my phone. I don't want other people to see, right? Like if it gets lost, which I lose my shit all the time, I don't want someone else to be able to get my information. So it's not that I was hiding it from him. I was hiding it from the world. Mm -hmm. So turn off my phone, hand it to him. He goes through my phone while I'm in the hospital, right? Perfect timing. Perfect timing. I, I did. I deserve it. Yeah, but you know, like I said, this is a gray area because we weren't boyfriend girlfriend, but we were hanging out again, so it was mm-hmm. a gray area. Anyways, so did I cheat? Ish. So yeah, I yeah. Just, yeah, I just I want to be open and honest with that because that is one story that I absolutely because he tells every everyone that the reason why he was allowed to financially abuse me was because I was having an emotional affair with this other person uh, like there was there, there wasn't sex there was my, emotional like we kissed once in the in the walmart parking lot look guys we're classy around here 
my my autistic ass is like if you did not explicitly say that you were committed to each other again whether or not you'd been involved in the past you were not cheating because there was no explicit agreement for monogamy yet so Mm -hmm. he's i just don't i don't agree that there's even a gray gray zone there at all yeah well here's my thing is if he feels like he was cheated on i'll let him have it like if if that have it you know what i mean um yeah because i've been emotionally cheated on so i know how shitty of a feeling it is so if he felt that in that situation i'm sorry that he did um but again i chose wrong (laughs) because i ended up getting rid of the 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 good one and let the the bad one continue to abuse me for a while after that so i've definitely like and i've talked about it before too is someone who had habitually cheated on me for a couple of years we did break up for a short time and I did go and spend time with somebody else he counted that as cheating which it was not but another time I did cheat on him and I felt horrible like I thought it would make me feel better or make me feel like less I don't know hatred towards him for what he was doing to me But I felt horrible for that. And then he used that for years afterwards Mm -hmm. of every time he cheated on me after that, of using that time that I cheated on him. And I'm like, I haven't for years and I feel horrible, but you're continuing to do it. So you obviously don't feel horrible. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah, no, my uh, Francis is a big, 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 big cheater. Um, I <laughs> I caught him on a date while he had a girlfriend. And let me tell you, that was one of the best because he the, the very last time he tried to get me back, he finally admitted that he had cheated on me uh, before that he never would. I mean, of course, it was my fault that he cheated on me because he was mad at me. So I drove him to cheating. Anyways, so... Well, he tried, you know, he, he, I'm never doing that again. I feel awful. I feel horrible. And now knowing that, like, I know for a fact, because not only that, uh, I had an insider, uh, with someone that he worked with and they saw him a lot at work. And so he had like a work girlfriend there for a while. I guess she no longer works there, but he's totally still cheating on his current girlfriend. Um, yeah it, it yeah like yeah so they cheaters. don't like they need help. like he has an addiction for sure oh, 100 percent. and but the thing is if you're not getting help for that addiction you're hurting other people like your addiction is not an excuse to hurt people you right. need to go and get help you need to do all the things to get help and then if you mess up and you do end up backsliding or anything in it, you then need to admit to it and restart your help, just like well, any other addiction. Right. Yeah. Well, his his is the the narcissistic uh, supply shit, you know, mm-hmm. because the the women are what he supplies on. Um, Francis supplies off of women and things, and Scott supplies off of cars and social status. Mm-hmm. um camera stuff too but i don't think he's doing that right now so yeah but yeah it's 
And it's hard to tell. So when someone has narcissistic tendencies, it's so hard to tell if it's because of the addiction or if it's the addictions there because of the narcissistic tendencies, because it could go either way for certain people that when they do get help and they're off of whatever it is they're addicted to, that the narcissism starts going away. But if they're narcissistic, it doesn't go away. And they usually end up finding something else to latch on to once that addiction's gone. And so they go from one addiction to another. And so it's very hard to tell when they're in active addi- addiction, which it is, but true. the result is the same. <laughs> so it's still very abusive. <laughs> it's still horrible, but there's hope for ones. And <laughs> it's just because of the addiction that they have those narcissistic tendencies to get those needs met. For <sighs> sure. I've dated both. So <laughs> yeah. Because there's so many different variations of types of narcissists and it's such a, an umbrella. Mm-hmm. They all don't fit under the same. Yeah. Which our, our last guest we talked to um, was talking about cluster B, uh, different types of cluster B. Um, I, what, what would you call them? Uh, mental illnesses or mm-hmm. personality, personality disorders. Um, okay. And how each of them can look the same, but they're not the same. And the treatments are very different for them. So it's all about being honest, which it's really hard for any of those people to do to get help and get the correct kind of help. Um, And we, um, when we're in active relationships with people like that, and we aren't healed ourselves, end up making excuses for them when, and we end up being very codependent and we end up, um, enabling them and trying to by us thinking we're trying to get them help and thinking that we're doing things to make them happy or make them feel fulfilled. Um, but they latch onto people like us. It's not our fault, but they seek us out and they know how to Mm -hmm. seek us out and it takes us getting help and getting strong. And they wonder why we have such huge walls up. Well, we need those walls because I'm not getting back into that again. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah. No, I've I've totally gone to the other side of toxicity now where I'm avoidant attachment disorder where I push everyone away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I used to, you know, latch on to everybody and let everybody in. And now I, as soon as someone starts getting close, I'm like, oh, no, we're not. No, we're not. Nope. You're yeah. staying back there. Um, yeah. It's going from one extreme to the other is also not not healthy. It isn't, but I feel like you need to go there to then reel yourself back to realize what is healthy. Because I think that you do, I think it is healthy to go to there and then figure it out. Um, Because that way you're at least avoiding the other side of things. That's true. I just really like slow to... Like that when I was younger, I could like meet somebody, you know, you could like talk all night for like two weeks and whatever. And they would always feel really close to me. I usually didn't. But now I'm not even willing to put that energy into people until I've kind of gotten a measure of them. So I need to see like consistency over time. So because a lot of people will put their best foot forward, which might be a manipulate manipulative foot, or it might just be they're insecure, whatever. And I can't I need to see what who that real person is before I'm going to relax enough to, you know, so occasionally I'll get complaints of like, well, how do I get closer to you? I'm like, maybe next year. <laughs> it took us a year. Lee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it takes me a while. Um, 
and I'm the first one like first red flag I'm out of here yeah yeah first yeah yeah first red red flag I'm out of here yeah I think for me I'm a I've become an over communicator where Mm. I I expect it from them too so it's I need somebody who also is an over communicator so we both know exactly where we're at that we can be honest and I think that's why Lee and I get along so well is like we could both like if Lee said you did this thing that really bothered me I I hope that Lee knows that I'd be like I don't want to do that again how could I avoid doing that again and like have that conversation instead of and I can also (laughs) yeah and I can also trust that you're not going to take it as an attack but as an actual like step to make the the dynamic better you know Mm -hmm. that I'm investing by trusting you with my input right yeah oh, you you mean just basic healthy communication what? this is this is right. an amazing concept right now i <laughs> i think i saw it in a movie once like a unicorn i have you never see that in movies it turned out what well. movie was that i want to see it <laughs> it was an independent film <laughs> of course yeah, yeah. <laughs> i always i can't like rom-coms just, i can't handle the like n- the unhealthy like dynamics of those movies and i just i can't watch them i don't I can't now. So during all of this, um, after my abuse, because we, we had touched on it, like you said that, you know, I had abuse, you know, from childhood up until then, mm-hmm. Yo, I had saw I'm 41. Now I had a solid 38 years of abuse because it was my best friend. It was my mom and dad. Mm-hmm. It was my ex-husband. So I have literally cut all of them out of my life and I have been abuse free since I was 38. Woo! Um, you need my nerve. <laughs> yeah, literally. Um, my my nervous system is finally calming down. My PTSD symptoms have reduced greatly um, because I've had all this therapy, right? So now I can actually use the tools because I'm no longer drinking the poison because we can't heal from what's it's still poisoning us. Yeah. If you're still in the abuse, you can't heal from the abuse. And it doesn't um, have to be romantic either, which is what I try to push on yeah. a lot of people. It could be a parent. It could be at work. It could be a friend. It could be a neighbor. And it's about putting up those boundaries and being willing to keep them and do what you say you're going to do if they're violated. 100%. Yeah. So 100%. Follow through but- is very important. Yeah, the uh, I was I mentioned before we started recording that I did NaNoWriMo a couple of years ago, and literally all I did was write down my trauma because I've never really done that. I haven't really talked about it a lot, and that I got fifty five thousand words. I was about to say, and and how I, many words was that? And, and I realized that when I wrote, I actually I only talked about the situations. I didn't actually say what happened. So I that's like I'm going to do this November. So I'm going to go back and actually write out the actual details. So it's going to be even wow. longer. But I, you know, I've had therapists over the years who are like, you have enough trauma for like multiple lifetimes. And I think because I would always compartmentalize, I wasn't really seeing the whole thing. And when I wrote it all down and I looked at it and saw the patterns, I was like, I I never stopped being traumatized until mm-hmm. more recently. Like, and I, I feel like living in my body is traumatic and living in the society is traumatic. So there's still like, you know, there's still shit going on. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, and uh, like like you, you know, being uh, Ellers Donlos neurodivergent. Um, I'll speak for myself, queer, because uh, mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, you're you're queer too, right, Tyler? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I don't know your your standing. Um, 
Leave, I, I mean, but, I think technically I just don't like labels. So I don't, yeah, I, it's, yeah. you know, I'm just <laughs> clear yeah. to me is just, I'm not, I'm not hetero. It's, you know, yeah. it's either you're hetero or, or you're queer. I'm definitely not, not hetero is, is kind of how my brain spectrums on it. Uh, um, yeah, I would. Uh, yeah. Then I am queer. Yeah. You know, it's because you're either one or the other. Cause I'm not, that's just how I spectrum on it. Anyways. Um, living in all of those realities, it, it is extra and more layers of trauma just because we're also trying to navigate living in a neurotypical world. So we're, there's traumas for that. And then living, trying to live in a, you know, healthy body world, there's traumas for that. So there's just so many stacked against uh, one another that it is, it's hard to process that is for sure yeah and back to your tattoo <laughs> right exactly yeah yeah so that's that that's definitely the world we live in it i mean it, it's amazing to me and i was just talking to my doctor about this um because i went in i had another mri of my neck and i have all the all the discs are degenerating. I have three slip discs and then I have arthritis at the base. And she's like, how long have you been in pain? I was like, I don't remember ever not being in pain. Like even in middle school, like I don't remember ever not being in pain. Same. I thought that was normal. Like you should mm-hmm. always have pains. And she's like, I don't. And I'm like, I hate you. <laughs> yeah. I actually met somebody that's never had back pain. And I was just like, what? Huh? That should start hurting in junior high. Yeah, know? my yeah. I was. I explicitly remember my back hurting when I was eight years old. Like, because I have scoliosis. So yeah, it- here's here's one for you. Did you guys know growing pains are not normal? No, I mean I know yeah. that I, I logically know that, but yeah, the do- the doctor said it was normal. Oh, just have her do some stretches while my legs were hurting when I was a kid. And stretches and the worst is the worst thing we can do. There's right. that. Yeah. 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 And I have the, I, I've always had a potassium deficiency, no matter how much bananas I eat, no matter what I do. And no doctor will listen to me about that, which also causes pain mm-hmm. in so many areas. <laughs> I wish I could yeah. have banana bags every day. <laughs> Yo, I have um, a friend that I get IVs from. It's mm-hmm. pretty fantastic. Uh, I, they don't do, uh, potassium, but I do, uh, B vitamins. Mm-hmm. So. Which are also say, good to have. <laughs> yeah. Saline and B vitamins. I am here for that. Right. When you have pots, people don't understand how much of a relief getting an IV is like, I look forward to it. Cause the day after, yo, I feel so good. That's what yeah, I tell always them. feel really good. I'm like, just yeah. give me an IV bag. Just one, just like they're like the last time I was in the ER here in this town. And they told me we don't treat ca- chronic conditions in the ER. And I'm like, I just want an IV, like just an IV. <laughs> I heard that on one of your, your other podcasts. Uh, you actually had a mm-hmm. IV in, they just wouldn't do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I had a doctor that wrote me a prescription that I could carry around with me and I could take to urgent cares or anything like that. Oh, um, I should ask I, for that because uh-huh. Mayo will do it. it. Yeah, yeah. So ask whatever doctor you get along with best if you yeah. can have a prescription for IV fluids. I go in tomorrow. In. So <laughs> there you go. 
yeah, it's that, that one saved me quite a few times, but this is even better because now I don't have to wait in line at urgent care and everyone else's germs, right? They're yeah. gross. I, I avoid people that I don't like and I get to go have my select one person that I do like. So exactly. yeah, nice. I'm here for it. Oh. Well, are there any takeaways or any plugins that for any of your social medias or anything like that, that you would like to put in for our listeners to be able to find you if they resonated with your story or anything? Oh, um, on Tiki Talkies, I am inked.red, I-N-K-E-D dot red, and then underscore ember, E-M-B-E-R. Um, and then... Instagram is also inked red. And then my professional photo stuff is devious, right? D-E-V-I-O-U-S-R-E-D. And I will plug those in to the descriptions as well. Not everyone reads them, but if you want to find them, I will put them down there for you guys. Um, Any other take-homes that you want people to, to really resonate from your story? I think the biggest thing that I really want to push, because I don't think that this is pushed enough is believe people when they tell you um if a woman comes to you and tells you hey this is my experience with this man that you're talking about or whatever literally believe them um you can take it with a grain of like put it in the back of your memory and just be like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna keep a watch right here like that is valid i totally understand that but do not say you don't believe them like don't push it off don't think you know that it's not possible oh this man would never believe them um i could have avoided so many things others could have avoided so many things if we were taught to believe other women when they or other survivors when they talk about their abuse um just because that person is nice to you in person does not mean that that person is nice at home behind closed doors abusive people have friends they don't abuse everyone in their lives exactly yeah exactly i mean and that's the whole thing is you know these perfect families they look like perfect families but the doors closed you guys um you know the Mm -hmm. the spouses same things you may go out to parties everyone always thought that my that francis and i were like the couple that everyone wanted to be but at home no i was being mentally verbally everything abused um there's stuff that we didn't even get we didn't even touch on like I could there's sexual assault with him like there's so many things with with Francis that I could have that I just glazed right over anyways I could have avoided all that if I would have listened to his ex like yeah yeah, I would have missed out on having my kids but literally I could have missed out on 16 years of abuse and I think I would have been okay with that yeah you know um not not having my kids but not you wouldn't know at the same pulse. time like you right. <laughs> exactly yeah. exactly yeah you know because I because oh, we didn't even go into the parental alienation but I was parental mm-hmm. I, I am I'm an alienated mom one of my kids is back um and you know she'll she'll tell you um that thought just went right out of my head yeah. it blew away <laughs> it's gone that's okay it's gone. Honestly, though, I feel like eventually when you are comfortable, you should have your own podcast. Maybe someday. Maybe someday. Maybe. You do a lot of good work on TikTok, though, and talking about things and going on live there and making content. What I would like to do is I'd like to write a book, but I'm not a writer. So I'd like to find someone to write a book for me. Lee so. writes words. 
I, I, yeah. <laughs> to be fair, I used voice recognition so that I didn't have to type it. And then, you know, I'm just going to go through it and read it and clean it up. So, but yeah, find getting it written and then finding an editor and finding someone who can go through it and make it coherent and go through the work. Um, but yeah, writing is the first step. And I have been told this, I've been writing. Um, I'm writing a multimedia book though. So mine is poetry, journal entries, and um, then art. So I'm doing one page of each throughout the book in that. Oh, I'm excited for that. I'm about 50 pages. So <laughs> I need a lot that's more, a, but <laughs> that's a lot though. That's like solid start. I need more yeah. of the journal entry part that I'm willing to share. <laughs> That's the I'm hard willing part. to share part. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like once cool. it's out there, it's out there. And I know that some of the people that it's about, because I've tried to like, because I'm actually handwriting it all. I didn't want any of it typed. So I want it in my handwriting um, for the whole book. Wow. And <laughs> Does, don't your hands hurt? Do you have problems with your hands yet? I do. And I actually have my... Uh, carpal tunnel things here and <laughs> got it okay yeah because um, I'm like I, I can't yeah. hold tools I could like coloring oh I want to color so bad but my hands end up hurting so bad afterwards they do I do yeah. like one page at a time and okay. um I do end up holding my pencil different now I've noticed that so I hold it here's some eyeliner with this finger instead mm. like it used to be here and now I hold it here um I've noticed that I hold things differently to try to not hurt as bad, but I wanted to get it out. And that's part of why I've been working on it is because I want to get it out before I can't write like that anymore. And I really thought it would be more powerful in my handwriting to have it, have it done. So I did type it first and then I'm writing it now, which it is kind of painful to write some of it. So then I have to stop and <laughs> That's like oh, all my man. my crafting stuff is the same. It hurts my hands. And I have like sleeves I wear on my fingers. I have compression gloves. I have like tools to make it. Mm -hmm. But sometimes I just, my ADHD is like, you need to do that thing or we're going to like deprive you of all the dopamine. So then I'll get really into doing something for a few days. And then like my hands are just toast mm -hmm. for like a week. Yeah. Um, or my back or my neck or whatever it is that's mad about it. And it's, but I, what I've, one of the things I've learned to do is to shift the ADHD focus, not completely, but a little so that I don't do the same thing two days in a row. And I have about mm -hmm. three days between revisiting the same kind of activities. So that way um, I'm not compounding the pain. I'll be a little sore from one day and then the next day I do something else and the next day I do something else and then I go back to it. And that took me a while to learn how to do it, but it, um, it has allowed me to do more as a result. That's awesome. That's a good idea. Because I have multiple idea. things that I do for crafting as well, but I end up hyper fixating on one until I'm sick of it. <laughs> I don't want to pick it up again. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a great idea. Then schedule it out. And then I feel like I'm not going to be doing that for multiple days in a row and killing my hands. <laughs> yeah. I also take, I worked with a paint specialist, um, and they they got me in the habit of taking breaks like every 15 minutes I'll get up and like shake it out and that's that also helps 
it was annoying at first and it's still annoying sometimes, but it, it does, especially with my hips and stuff, it does help. <laughs> now I, I will say that in result of the cleaning company, mm-hmm. I, I'm a very fit and muscular little creature. Um, I will say that that has helped reduce my dislocations tremendously. Oh, good. Um, I used to pop in and out so much frequent and worse too, like the, the severity of the, of the pop, you know, cause sometimes it'd be a sublux, sometimes it'd be all the way. Um, I get way more sublux now, uh, less total dislocations. So the whole making yourself strong, unfortunately it's true. Yeah. yeah. I and used to I be really working out. So <laughs> it used to be really muscular before I, before my health issues got really bad. And I, there's a huge difference. I think like, I, I didn't even know I had EDS like before I, I definitely had issues and stuff, but, um, I was always so muscular that, um, because I have PCOS, so I build muscle really uh, easy. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. And then after when I had like malnutrition and, and the gastroparesis is really bad and stuff, like my body just ate all the muscle and now I'm kind of blobby. And I definitely just kind of feel like it, you know, like there's the benefit of aging. Things get a little bit stiffer. Um, I feel like that'll suck a little bit later in life, but right now it is helping because, you know, I don't, I don't pop my shoulder out as much or whatever, cause I'm just not as flexible, but mm-hmm. I still like my ribs and my back and stuff. They just do things that I knew that when I was more in shape, they just wouldn't have done. Right. Yeah. I used to suffer on my right hip used to pop in and out like all of the time. My right hip too. Yep. And I think, are you right? Like dominant? Cause weren't you a dancer or something Mm -hmm. too? Yeah. So I think that cause I was a dancer as well. First time I dislocated was I did a fan kick and my leg went and just fell. Um, and I, oh, I yeah. can't imagine. Oh my gosh. That was a fear. Was, that was a fear of mine when I was dancing. Yeah. Well, because you know, when you feel that that click is going to hit at the top and th- that one time, and I kept telling everyone my hip clicks like, Oh, it's normal. It was not normal. Anyways, so yeah, it, that, uh, that happened. Um, but yeah, that right hit man. But yeah, ever since I've gotten strong, because I mean, I'm just nothing but mm-hmm. a super muscle, but when you're mopping and sweeping and scrubbing all day long and you can only eat 25 grams of fat a day because you have pancreatitis you're bound to be nothing but muscle you know all all protein intake with which has been like i haven't been able to be as mobile but um but when i was before the that my hips got really really bad but um i was working out and since my testosterone's higher and I haven't been on HRT in a while, um, I build muscle so fast. I didn't even think about that being wily until you were saying that with the PCOS, but my testosterone levels are high because of my one testy that's mm-hmm. floating around in there. Um, <laughs> it's just, just a floating, not connected. <laughs> my ovary and my testy aren't connected to anything. So <laughs> because you had a partial hysterectomy as well, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Mine are just floating. Well, I don't have a testy, but my ovaries are just, <laughs> just floating. Just yeah. floating around. Um, they also left. So they took out part of my uterus, not the whole thing. And um, because they had to take, I had a medical device, Lee and I talked about this. Uh, one of our other, were we even on 
recording. I don't even know. Um, They had to remove a device from my uterus, which is why they gave me the partial hysterectomy. And so they had to cut out part of it, but I wanted them to take all of it and they wouldn't, but it caused endometriosis on my colon because they left it just open. So so, like, so nice. So really nice. Like, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just had a hysterectomy in February and because I had endometriosis and congestion syndrome and I was in tremendous amounts of pain all the time. So the only bad thing is like, even though I have the ovaries, it still changed my hormones enough. I gained like 20 pounds since February, just my body just went, hee hee, you know, I'm like, great. Like that middle age thing. I'm like, why could you wait? (laughs) I haven't gained any weight, but it kind of worries me because I know I've lost muscle. So I've lost like five pounds. You've redistributed. But all the protein drinks I've had to drink for the gastroparesis made me put on weird weight. Like it's uh-huh. not, it's not, it's weird. These things because are it's not huge. Food. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because it's not, it's not food, right? Like, so yeah. it's just processed protein or whatever i mean Mm -hmm. yeah they're made out of plant protein but here's the thing it's all processed food and that's that's what i don't like about diets like that are vegan because it's so many processed foods it's not Mm -hmm. like whole food diets you know no um now that i'm able to eat again so my son like i'm out of the the flare-up that i was in oh good my weight has gone down and so i'm i'm glad about that but i know my muscles also down so once i start building muscle i need to remember that i'm going to gain weight but it's not the same it'll redistribute over time give it to me just just hand me over i'll take a solid 15 pounds you can take one of these that's probably about 15 pounds I don't want those. I'm a fan of being part of the itty bitty titty committee. Dude, there's something like, you know, you're lucky you have, there's something about going to your like perimenopause or whatever that makes them grow. Like I've always been very, very aerodynamic, like, and very happy that way. I've never wanted like more. And then now I have like, and I'm like, they're, they're, they feel weird when I lay on them, like, cause I like to sleep on my stomach and it just, you know, it's, it, they're just, there's so much more there than I'm used to. And I'm like, why yeah. does this I, need to be a thing? And I'm going through, <laughs> I, so I had mine pierced and I took them out when I started having issues, uh, recently, but I'm still waiting to get into the breast surgeon and I'm hoping they do a mastectomy, but I don't know why they they're so against it. I'm like, I will pay out of pocket at this point. Like, just I, I've, I've talked about that. If I get diagnosed with breast cancer, no matter what stage, just take them, just take them. Yeah. If, if they're going to kill me, I don't need them. Yeah. yeah. Cause right they, now they my babies, they're no longer useful. You can just take them. Yeah. And they they saw something in my mammogram. So I had to get one with contrast. I sent it over to Mayo and then Mayo has not scheduled me with the breast surgeon yet. And I have an abscess as well. I know it's gross guys. I'm so sorry, but I have an abscess as well. And it's so painful. And they're like, well, we were going to fix your hips first. We're going to do your stomach first. And I'm like, I, this seems more important to me than my stomach or my hips. I've been dealing with those for a long time. Can we just yeah. like, because that can spread into more like that can metastasize mm-hmm. into other yeah. issues where your hips. Yeah. And I had invasive ductal carcinoma in 2016 and I wanted, I wanted a mastectomy then, but I was on state insurance and they said I can only get a uh. lumpectomy. And so I have, I had a lumpectomy and I have 
they did the best job. Like it's an amazing scar. If you want to go on my website, you guys, you can see my scar, but <laughs> I'll post another picture of it, but it's the same breast that I'm now having issues in again. And that they found something and I'm like, you would think that would be an emergency. You would think <laughs> after, after, after your history. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Terrible. Whatever. Terrible. Whatever. We'll keep us updated on that. I will. All Updates right. on Tyler's boobies. Do, do, do. <laughs> they, they've been getting them. <laughs> <laughs> I like wake up and check my phone. Just wait, like, oh, yay. Booby update. Here's some <laughs> pictures of bloody discharge for Lee. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> we love that for you, Lee. <laughs> I think I've sent it to her like three or four times now. <laughs> I'm totally okay with it. It's so, happening, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, it's the. I mean, it's it's you know the experience of being human. I think all of it. I don't believe in TMI. It, yeah, you know, not not with my people. Yeah, like with yeah. my people, you're gonna get all the information. Yeah, exactly. same thing. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm gonna wrap up here because I have to pee. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I also have to pee. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I don't know why I always have so many drinks around me that I'm having because then by like two at the two hour mark, I'm like, I gotta go. ADHD RS. Oh, yeah. goodness. I know I have to have that or else I like feel like I'm missing something. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm surprised. That I, I, have usually have th- I usually have three. I have two today. <laughs> I have my iced coffee and my prebiotic uh, fake soda. So <laughs> Oh, that boppy, right? Yeah, yeah. They're so good. Like um, this, I this is what I contribute to my gastroparesis being under control right now. Like having <laughs> these, if I don't have it for a couple of days, I start throwing up again. Um, have you looked into digestive enzymes? You should do I that. I take too. that. I take them. Oh, okay, good. good. Um, I think it was was it Lee? Were you the ones who sent me some that I ordered? Someone sent me some that I ordered, and they've been awesome. Yeah, I I swear by them. Even if you don't have issues, um, when my Shannon and I go out to eat, I give them to her too, mm-hmm. and then she feels it just helps with bloating. It just helps your body yeah. digest better. Anyways, go all ahead, right. do your thing. Sounds good. Awesome. Well, <sighs> thank you all for coming and for ha- us having Ember on. And if you Thanks ever want to come back or have more to say, you are more than welcome to come back and be on again. Um and. Yeah, thank you guys. Do all the stuff, push all the buttons, subscribe, like. It helps us. Share it if it's worth sharing and you know someone who would love to hear this story and feel less alone. And um, if you have anyone that you want us to talk to on the podcast, feel free to send them our way. I'll post the email address in the link or in the bio. And have the best week ever. Bye. Bye. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good one. (laughs) You too.